Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and happy Sunday fun day. Welcome into the Sox on Tap postgame show. White Sox sweep the Rangers with an 8-4 victory here on Sunday. Uh, Tony, I love a good sweep. Love a good sweep, too, Johnny. It's uh, it's great to be talking about one here early on in this uh, in this 2021 season. How you feeling, buddy? Hey, I'm feeling great because, you know, the White Sox are kind of creating some distance from that uh, 500 mark that was so elusive uh, for so long. So uh, we had a good time out at the ballpark on Saturday, all of us uh, in attendance. A lot of uh, the on-tap guys saw a lot of people from Sox Twitter. So that was fun. Uh, still feeling some good vibes from that. And obviously a win today. And Michael Kopech looking really good, man. Yeah, he did, Johnny. And, uh, you know, a little bit of a late news break that uh, Michael Kopech would be starting this one after uh, Lucas Giolito had a little incident with a glass bottle. Uh, we'll talk about that one a little bit. But, uh, man, Kopech looked fucking dominant today. Yeah, no, he absolutely did. So we'll, we'll get into uh, what his performance entailed here, along with plenty of runs. That's the name of the show. More runs, more fun. Uh, it's not all going to be about the bats, obviously, because there were some uh, excellent pitching performances as well. Uh, but we'll get into all of it, uh, everything that happened today. So make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can follow us on Twitter, at SoxOnTap, and at ontapsportsnet. If you enjoy the podcast, go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. And as always, Go to Grandstand for all of your White Sox merchandising needs uh, located right by the ballpark. And you can shop online at GrandstandSox.com and follow them on social media at Grandstand Sox. So, Tony, setting this one up, like you mentioned, uh, Michael Kopech, kind of a little spot start once again here, like you made last Sunday uh, in the second game of that Boston doubleheader. Uh, you, you mentioned the reasoning for it. Lucas Giolito, a little cut. Uh, so he's just pushed back, uh, well, you know, a couple days here because they're off Monday, so he will be starting Tuesday, but Kopech here in today, and he was friggin' dialed in from the start, man. Yeah, you said it, man, dialed in from the start. It it just – his game, Johnny, has been so impressive out of the bullpen early on this season, and I I think we talked about this a lot coming in here. Who's your guy that's going to step up when somebody goes down uh, in this rotation? I know you've wanted it to be Michael Kopech. I think I wanted it to be Michael Kopech. He's making a really hard case to stick him back in the bullpen at this point with this type of stuff that he's delivered. Uh, the fastball command has looked excellent. Uh, he's able to miss bats at just a, an alarming rate. It's it's really impressive to watch. I think, you know, Ozzie Gian was talking about it on the postgame show that he's the best pitcher on the staff. And there's a damn case to be made that his stuff is the best out of anybody on this White Sox staff. And that's that's no disrespect to Lance Lynn. That's no disrespect to Lucas Giolito or the guy that threw a new hitter this this year already and Carlos Rodon, Michael Kopech. It, the stuff, Johnny, it's just – it's too electric. It's too electric to not put him in the, in, in, in the starting rotation at this point in time. I mean, look what he did today. And he went – 80 what a little bit over 80 pitches uh when the most he's thrown so far this year is 40 i mean hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us just stretching him out like this but damn dude i am absolutely ready to see him every five fucking days just shoving like this 
Yeah, and I mean, it's hard not to be excited about it when you see performances like today. And obviously, you mentioned uh, his uh, work out of the bullpen earlier in the season. So uh, I, I would agree that, you know, you can make an argument that it is the best there. I still think Lucas Giolito will get, you know, back to his normal self uh, it, it, after a few more starts. And that'll be like kind of Kopech too, but a good, maybe more 1-8. That would be the best way to like put it there. So uh, I could definitely see that, but it was strong from him today. Hey, uh, 10 strikeouts. So that's always cool. Uh, Double-digit strikeouts are cool and tough, Tony. Uh, other than that, you know, he had, he had command too, uh, because he's not walking guys. So that, that is huge. No walks on the day to go with those 10 strikeouts. That makes for a good ratio there. Um, and you know, the, through the first, uh, eight of nine were uh, of the outs he recorded through the first three were strikeouts and 10 of 12 through the first four. Uh, that's just some dominating stuff. Like you mentioned. Yeah, dude, absolutely dominating. I think what was most impressive, uh, with Michael Kopech, uh, you know, this, this early on is, you know, he's transitioned roles already once and it, he has not missed a beat obviously he made the uh he made the one kind of spot start bullpen type thing going on here but this one was a real test i know they wanted him to go give him about three innings today um and he forces tony larusa's hand uh to go uh as deep as he did in the ball game you knew that they were coming in today with a plan they had a limited bullpen um having to use a bunch of guys yesterday uh, i know you've got the off day coming up tomorrow you can get some of these guys some rest uh but michael kopech just taking taking it into his own hands and and forcing the white Sox coaching staff to let him stay in this game i think that speaks volumes to the type of gamer this kid is yeah i, I absolutely i mean this guy you've seen just the kind of the mentality the the body language the kind of you know stone cold killer is what he looks like out there um you know someone made a comment today that he's not like sweating as much as you know he did granted it was a cold day out today but you know uh, usually in the past it seemed like there could be some nerves there um when, when he was still in his younger days but um yeah uh j- just dominating stuff today we mentioned all the figures there only only blemish was a solo shot uh home run uh, that he allowed so let's get into some of the scoring uh the white Sox would get on the board first tony uh, and this is in the bottom of the first always good to see that um anderson uh gets on it's a party started with the walk eaton uh lined into a uh, double play and then uh mancada walks and Abreu comes up two run home run here uh, good to see Pito get going. Yeah, Johnny, uh, you know, it, the game yesterday that we were all at, a little quiet offensively. Um, so it was nice to see in the first inning a little bit of, uh, you know, my favorite thing, and that's fireworks. Uh, Jose Abreu, you can't pitch him right there. You cannot go low like that. He's going to take that thing out of the ballpark. I like seeing Jose Abreu's bat wake up. Obviously, it's still really early in the season. We've seen some putrid, putrid Aprils out of Jose Abreu. Um and and this one, it hasn't been great so far. I think the strikeout rate is is a little way too high than what we like for Jose Abreu. I was talking to you, uh, what was this Friday about Jose Abreu and the strikeouts and just some some digging I did with some stats. Um, you know, up until this point in 2019, uh, the strikeouts were matching 25-25, I believe, going into Friday's ball game. Um, you know, and that gave me a little bit, it made me a little bit calmer, Johnny. And and just for Jose Abreu, we know how he heats up as the year goes on. This is a cold day in Chicago and he's putting one out. Uh, that That's good signs, Johnny. That Those are good signs that uh, Jose Abreu is going to start doing some damage. Yeah, I, I love the way that he did it, too. He was in golf fashion, Tony. That was a little uh, iron shot there. Um, he went down, got it. It was a cutter low in the zone, uh, and he made him pay. Uh, took it out to left field, uh, you know, kind of a cut that didn't have a whole lot of action on it, uh, kind of similar to the fastball velocity for uh, Ari Har there. So, um, you know, uh, good to see Pito adjust to that and get it out, especially because uh, the White Sox forced, because uh, there would be a couple of walks after this, they wouldn't get any more after that Pito home run, but they forced 40 pitches uh, from the guy in the first inning. That's always good. You get into it, and you're getting 
into their bullpen earlier. That's what that means. So um, I think we've been on the flip side of that yep. too much with seeing Dylan Cease early innings that are just like ridiculously astronomical in the pitch count. So uh, let's move on to the top of the second. That is where the lone blemish for Kopech would come. The doll one out solo shot, uh, but then he follows that up with some strikeouts. So getting back to normal, Michael Kopech after that little run that the Rangers got. Two to one Sox at this point. We go into the bottom of the second. Sox would tack on more. This is a nice little inning, Tony. Uh, Madrigal leads it off with a single. Uh, re- reaches second on a throwing error there. Um, Tim Anderson, RBI double, makes it 3-1 Sox. Adam Eaton, triple. Hey, I uh, love triples, Tony. Triples are cool and tough. We had two in this game. Uh, that made it 4-1 after Moncada flew out. Abreu hits a sack fly to make it 5-1 here. So this is, I like this early scoring, man. Always nice to give your pitcher a cushion here. Yeah, that's that's going to be a theme that we're going to talk about on the show as the White Sox start to win more ball games. Johnny is starting to give these guys some leads. We've seen uh, this White Sox pitching staff pitch with leads and each and every single time uh, it's it's seemingly working out great um, for these starting pitchers. And one thing that I like about the offense, Johnny, when it's moving like this, there's a lot of guys in here that, uh, you know, just can get on base that start to move that line a little bit. Uh, guys like Nick Madrigal, Adam Eaton, uh, Tim Anderson, all in a row there. Uh, those are those are three guys that can hit doubles, triples, get on base and set the table Um man, I just, I love that bottom of the order, the way it rolls over into the top when you've got some guys like, you know, Luis Robert, Yon Moncada and Jose Abreu, just there doesn't feel Johnny like they're ha- like they have those automatic outs that we're so used to seeing mm-hmm. those rally killers. Yep. Um, it, it's, it's a sustainable offense. It can continue to move. Uh, it's the definition of don't stop now boys. And I fucking love it because this is how they're going to score these runs. It's not going to be as, reliant on the home run when you have that bottom top of the order really rolling the way it is right now outside of yesterday uh adam eaton has looked very impressive Mm -hmm. in that two spot tim anderson continues to hit the ball like he has for the past two three years and you know nick magical is starting to get hot so you're, you're naming some of these guys right here um that can really start to you know push some runs across the plate without having to rely on the long ball and that offense, when it's rolling like this, it's just, it, man, it's like a river, dude. It's not stagnant water like we've been used to. Yeah, and, and Nicky Sticks is hot. One of the names in there that we uh, you know talked about, uh, and he's still feeling the vibes from uh, last night's walk off. A little, you know, double uh, to the right center gap there uh, that ended that ball game last night and put the White Sox uh, the, their second win of the series. And then uh, you know Adam Eaton, uh, like we talked about him, uh, your RBI leader, uh, White Sox RBI leader, Adam Eaton. So love to see that from that. Uh, your pick to click today. Yeah, he was my pick to click today. We were Eaton, uh, Eaton with a triple there. Love to see it. So uh, bottom of the third, Sox attack on a few more. Uh, Collins walks and then. Uh, after a Lurie pop out, wild pitch moved the runners second and third. Madrigal, two RBI triple. Like I mentioned, the triples coming through here. Um, and then after Tim Anderson struck out, Eaton, uh, sack bunt, uh, really heads up play here by Madrigal, Tony. Let's talk about this a little bit because we have ragged on him in the past for some base running issues, but reads the play. Uh, pitcher doesn't really look him back too much, so he's able to get that good jump after the throw goes to first and score on this play. Yeah, Johnny, I think one of the big things with Nick Madrigal that we've really griped about um, is is a lot of his defense and and his awareness on the base pass. Um, and some of that is just, you know, learning at the major league level um, and getting comfortable with some things. And, and a little bit of that is also some of the player development issues and things that, you know, we've seen come up here to the major league level that you and I have historically complained about and, and really thought that could be a hindrance uh, in aspects of this rebuild as a whole. Um, you know, it's nice to see that he is adapted 
uh, so far. And let's 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 take a step back and remember that Nick Madrigal does not have a full major league season under his belt. Uh, he has spent some time on the shelf with injuries last year, um, and there's been a lot of times where Nick Madrigal has just looked plain awful. I, I think it, in you know just any situation where he's on the base pass. It's great to see him starting to turn that around because Johnny, you know, we played baseball in our lives. Like these are some of the things that he's, you know, had mistakes in are just, you know, heads up baseball plays. And it's good to see him have his head in the game. I think that that started to come around when his offense started to come around too. He's starting to show those signs of like why the White Sox actually drafted him, why he can be an everyday major league player. Um, And that's good because not every fourth, fourth pick in the draft is going to hit. Um, in the major leagues, not every fourth pick in the draft is going to be a guy that, you know, can break out and really help a team win. Um, we know about drafting in all sports, Johnny, it's not a guarantee Mm -hmm. just because somebody was picked fourth that they're going to be great. Uh, but you're starting to see the, the Nick Madrigal that you expected to see when the White Sox drafted him. And I think that that's just wonderful news for the White Sox and Sox fans. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like we talked about kind of the heads up kind of stuff there. I think it, uh, a big result of this, uh, this is kind of my just speculation, but I think he's just not pressing as hard now. He, I think he was really hard on himself early on last season and then even early this season. I think he was just putting a little too much pressure on himself. And now he's letting the game come to him. So that's nice. And then obviously I think the offense is a big uh, key to that. When his bat's going, uh, it, it just helps overall morale for uh, himself. And that translates over into the field. So uh, getting a little more power too um, in hitting gaps, uh, getting yes. extra base hits, not just singles. Uh, I'm sure he's, he still will have his fair share of singles, but uh, you know, he saw a triple today, the uh, double last night, even the outfielders were playing in uh, still uh, counts in, in the box score. That's the extra base hit. So good to see from Nick Madrigal here. Let's move on rest of the scoring in this game. Uh, Michael Kopech, like we mentioned, five innings here today, uh, 10 strikeouts, really strong outing for him. But Jonathan Seaver, uh, who is, you know, added to the roster here, uh, he comes in for the sixth inning and um, it was not his day, man. Four consecutive singles uh, result in some runs here and they eventually had to go to Garrett Crochet uh, after the low RBI single to make it 8-2 so um, you know a tough tough one for Jonathan Stever won't be the last time we see him that's for sure but uh, just definitely wasn't his day luckily Crochet um, this is one play maybe we can nag on a little bit but overall his three innings were for the most part, fairly decent. Uh, it, it was the comebacker. That was a high chopper to him, and he had the time. He could have gotten the guy at first if he had, had a little more urgency, Tony, but a little lazy uh, on this throw over to first base. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's it's pitcher fielding drills for Garrett Crochet all day tomorrow. That's that's what it is. Uh, we talked about this uh, on this show before. Um, you know, I, I think I've gone close to saying that Garrett Crochet has the yips when it comes to fielding. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a few plays now where Garrett Crochet plays at the plate, just not able to deliver the ball. Same thing to first base. Um, I don't know if it's just his frame, his build, or if, you know, at the college level, he wasn't, you know, fielding as many balls, but there's just some sort of look where he is uncomfortable, Johnny fielding a ball and making a baseball play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, he's a taller guy. I don't know if it's just the, the aspect of having to do something somewhat unnatural for him as a pitcher, but I just feel like as an athlete, Johnny, this is what doesn't make any sense. And I know pitchers are weird and maybe this is a really old school baseball take coming out right here, but shouldn't you as an athlete, somebody who's been around baseball the whole time, be able to make some of these plays with a little more consistency. I haven't seen Mm -hmm. Garrett Crochet field a ball. What feels like cleanly at all this year. 
Yeah, and you, had, you you talk about some of the yips. Uh, you know, you saw him drive that ball into the ground a couple Sundays ago um, against the Kansas City Royals on a throw home. Granted, that was a little bit quicker of a play and coming back. It's not the same as throwing to first. But either way, I think the overall point that you make uh, stands there in, in that he's got to figure it out. And I think repetition will be part of that. Like you said, PFPs all day for all Eric day. Crochet uh, on Monday is an off day. So hopefully they do get that work in. So, um, I want and- Tony LaRusso out there <laughs> fucking like, you know, with the fungo bat, just <laughs> drilling him into the ground. Garrett Crochet on the mound yeah. like just for like three hours i think it'll be great for the both of them yeah yeah i think it would be beneficial so um yeah the little repetition there and hopefully can work out those kinks there so uh in this inning it would end up getting two uh four runs up for the rangers here um total uh obviously three in this inning um and that was the i mentioned the low rbi single that was with stever still in um it was Garcia with the RBI ground out, make it 8-3, uh, and then Solak. Uh, that was the play that we were just talking about where Crochet had the um, you know play over to first base where the throw uh, wasn't in time there, and then he eventually struck out Holt to end the inning. So um, that, that would wrap up all the scoring in this game. But I, I know we just dragged on Crochet a little bit for some of the you know fielding and throwing issues there. Uh, but overall, I think you got to be happy, Tony, with being able to split eight innings between Michael Kopech and Garrett Crochet today. Yeah, that's Johnny. Those are two power pitchers, man. Like if if you're if you're coming into a baseball game knowing that you have to face Michael Kopech and Garrett Crochet, you know you, you, the bat speed's got to be there. You got to be on everything. Those are two guys who have power arms. Like I said, um, you know I think the combination of the two of them being able to eat up those innings is just wonderful. I mean they're both guys who you know came out of you know. Michael Kopech wasn't here last year. Garrett Crochet came out of nowhere out of the draft and and is an immediate impact on this roster. Um, Those are two young pitchers um, that that are just getting the job done for the White Sox so far this season. I know there's, there's some talk uh, around Garrett Crochet. He's not as electric, I think, as he was last year because man, I just felt like he was that second power arm to Michael Kopech that was going to be reaching 99, hundred all the time. And I still want to see that velocity get up just a little bit. I think it's going to make him more effective. Maybe he needs to grow a little facial hair, do something to make himself look more intimidating out there. Johnny, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, mm-hmm. but I feel like he looked more intimidating last year, grow some facial hair, just look scary, fear the beard type shit. Um, because he, he, he does command that respect uh, when he's in there. He's got that that lanky delivery. He's a big dude. Um, you should be afraid of him when you're in the batter's box. And those are two guys that that got the job done today for the White Sox. And you come out with a win in a game where, in essence, you've taken two out of three in the series. You're going to what is really known as a bullpen day, and they're able to get the job done for you. Uh, and you didn't really have to use anybody else up that's really of impact uh, in this pitching staff. I mean, that's great shit, dude. That, that this, this is how great teams – win ball games Johnny they find ways to win like this they get through these down periods I know we joked about it the other day like we miss Ross the boss because on days like this you're going to a guy that you're just hoping to eat some innings for you and uh you didn't really have that today it was it was guys that are impact players that young but impact players getting the job done when uh, you needed them to and that that's just good signs yeah, so I think they tried to do a little bit of innings eating with Jonathan Stever there. Obviously, didn't work out, but uh, other way, uh, either way, uh, Garrett Crochet able to help out. Uh, a couple comments on Garrett Crochet. One, I think he's so young that I don't know if he can grow uh, a beard of that caliber yet, so that might be an issue for him. And then two, stop wearing the pants like a jagaloon. Come on, I hate that look, the, the, the jogger style look. That it's just terrible. I know you guys used to do it, and it's an older, old school kind of like look. But man, come on, look at look, look at your teammates around you. Who else is doing it? No. Do, do you want the the, the like the high 
white socks for crochet like what what can we do either either go go to the uh top of the spike like normal uh or just uh, do the high socks like rodan if you if you really want that that's my suggestions i mean i i, I don't get it johnny like there's there's so many looks for baseball <laughs> just looks weird just it looks does, weird look weird but he's also built weird he's got this like yeah he is but he's, he's built weird and that's why i think like we need something else to make him look a little more intimidating because that mm. arm just yeah. has he's got fire in that thing and like let's let's try and figure out how to get Garrett Crochet to look cool and tough while he's doing it. I think that's what we're looking for here. Yeah, okay, that's a sock on tap project here. Maybe we can send some uh, suggestions of the white socks. Maybe you need so. some summer of George spikes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. That that that'd be a good look. Because then if you're showing off those, I could, I think I could deal with the pants if you got some summer of George designs on your spikes. So uh, I, I like that idea, Tony. Um, Jose Ruiz would be the other pitcher to come in. Uh, he locked it down. One walk, one strikeout for him. So fairly clean. Ninth inning. Uh, it, I was not happy about it flipping over the top. I was like, shit, I don't want any spark of the rally here. But luckily, able to uh, slam the door after that White Sox win. 8-4 White Sox sweep. They've won four in a row. Uh, I love winning streaks, Tony. I love winning streaks, too, Johnny. It doesn't matter which team we're talking about that we love. Winning streaks are the best thing ever for any sports fan because – there's nothing better, Johnny, than like going through like a period of three to six days where your team is just absolutely dominating people. We got a whole weekend of that just this weekend. I think it's even better over a weekend, Johnny. I think the beers mm-hmm. flow down easier. Yep. Victory beers. We're talking victory beers and consecutive days. There's nothing better. There's it's nothing better. And it truly makes Sunday a fun day, though. It does. Because you're not, you're not like, you know, dry, like if, say, they had lost today, it's like, sure, you'd be okay with the two or three from the series. I think it wouldn't be the end of the world. But you would like to have that one, especially, you know, having to go back to work on Monday. You know, the, yeah. the, the Sunday scaries creeping in or a little extra with a, uh, you know, loss there. But uh, with a win, uh, it kind of eliminates them a little bit. So don't little, remind uh, me that it's Sunday. Don't little, do that. Little, little antidote for the Sunday scaries, a nice sweep and a win streak. So love to see it. And, and on the flip side, I just want to mention this because I put out a tweet from Sox on 10. Uh, the twins are two and 11 over their last 13. So, hey, keep stacking these wins while they falter and spiral out of control. And I hope they never get back on track. That's not a, that's not likely they are going to get back on track, but I'll enjoy it for now. Well, I mean, if NWI Steve was here, he would he would tell you that you hate to see that. That's what he would say <laughs> if yeah. he was here. R.I.P. and P. Yeah. So um, speaking of NWI Steve, Tony, let's talk a little bit about Saturday. This is the first time that Buzz had got out to the ballpark and you had got out to the ballpark. She and I have been to a couple of games so far this year, but we were all there and we got to go to you. were in the scout seat. So you had a little different plan. Went, uh, you know, a little stadium club before the game. I uh, had your meal and all that um, before going in. But we met up at Cork and Carry, and it was awesome. Thanks to anyone who came through Austin Zick, Sam Mendelson, um, plenty of White Sox Twitter people. Uh, that were there. And then we kind of all went our separate ways in the ballpark, depending on where we were sitting, but uh, just a great time and a good replacement for a tailgate. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. Wish you could have been there, Tony, but uh, we'll get, we'll get one soon with you there. Yeah, we will. Um, you know, the, the, my, my game come came together. The game plan came together a little late for me, um, but uh, I've got to give, you know, the early shout out, the early socks on tap uh, shout out to my, uh, my guy, uh, Jake Trojan, uh, for coming through with some scout seats that he uh, he had acquired, uh, never never done that experience before. Uh, Got to say, like overall, I could I could probably break this one down in the in the pandemic era White Sox thing. Uh, one thing that didn't happen, I didn't actually get to sit in a scout seat. Uh, during the game due to social distancing protocols, which was fine. We still got the, uh, you know, the uh, premium liquor bar experience that the pregame meal, 
Um, the, the, the lounge for the scout seats was not open. They, they kind of replaced that by sending everybody up to the stadium club. So you had to go a little bit farther. Um, you know, just, just trying to go through the whole thing. I don't know if anybody who has a listener to the show has, has done the scout seats before they promised private bathrooms did not have private bathrooms. There was just a different experience. There was no Garrett's popcorn for Jake Trojan. He was pretty upset about that johnny you know that jake that's loves a big his, blow that's a big loves blow. his garrett's popcorn especially since the garrett's popcorn booth was where we were getting our drinks from uh they did not have garrett's popcorn there uh so some ballpark experience things that uh i think during a regular game would have been a little bit different would have made it more fun uh but the view from behind home plate is second to none uh, i know steve was sitting in the vicinity there today um but uh, I, I'm generally on the on the sides of the stadium, Johnny, with you or in the outfield. That's that's normally where I'm at is down a foul line. And I don't really get the chance to sit behind home plate and watch these guys play ball. It was a good experience uh, overall. I think that uh, everybody should try that out at some point in time uh, because the, just the view, the way that you can take in a ball game all over, all over guaranteed rate field is, is phenomenal. But, um, you know, I like to try and – you know, get different viewpoints throughout the year. I know you do the same thing too, Johnny, but creatures of habit normally, um, you know, mm-hmm. we like our, our spots throughout the, uh, throughout the ballpark. So I try and change it up every now and then. Yeah, no, for sure. That, that's cool. First game to be back at man. First time since 2019 for you. Uh, Cause obviously you didn't uh, hit any in that first homestand there. So um, yeah, uh, definitely fun to be back on those. My third game of the year. So, um, you know, like I said, a lot of fun. Uh, Cork and carries before was a blast. Uh, we were all kind of, you know, spilled out onto the sidewalk. So we had plenty of room uh, mingle, uh, interact with everybody. And then, uh, you know, went to the game. I, I set some nosebleeds on the uh, third baseline, but I was talking about it with my buddy. I was sitting with, it's nice. Kind of like a bird's eye view. Uh, kind of similar to like a hockey style sort of thing where you see the whole thing so, so uh, i haven't sat 500 level in probably five or six years and i don't know if i want to again just because i feel like yeah. i've been closer and closer all, all over but on that same aspect of of taking the game in from from different perspectives i hear that like upper deck in those first few rows especially behind home plate is a is a great place to be um, I don't know where you were exactly, but like, how's your experience been in the 500 level so far this year? I mean, it's been fine, but if we could walk around and do, you know, kind of mingle around that would obviously make everything better. And I would prefer to sit in the 100 level so I can hit all my usual spots, go up to this revolution social lounge, but that shit's not even open right now. So 500 level, it's been fine. And also I'm saving a little money on the tickets. So it's like, you know, those, those are just naturally a little cheaper uh, than the hundred level. So I'm just kind of stacking games wherever I can. Obviously I'd usually have a 40 game, but it's not set in stone with all the COVID restrictions. So um, I, I haven't minded it, Tony. It hasn't been too bad. Uh, so been able to enjoy the 500 level a little bit it's good to know because i I enjoy a blackhawks game from from up top i feel like you can watch plays develop you can see things a little bit different for hockey um and i haven't really watched a baseball game that way in a while so any comments on on how the field play is can, can like based off of what you feel like you see uh from the 100 level in your normal spot down in like 149 only complaint with 500 level is just where you're at. We were a little bit further back. And if you're further up uh, in those front few rows, like you were mentioning earlier, it's not a problem. But where we were a little bit further back, uh, just based on where I selected the tickets from and what was available, um, it, it was when a fall ball went down that line there. That's about what kind of blocked my view there. So okay. uh, anything going into foul territory. Other than that, it was fine. Complete bird's eye view. So um, I enjoyed it. Good times. And obviously a White Sox winner. So most important thing Can't at the point. end of the day. 
at the end of the day. Uh, White Sox will continue this homestand, Tony. Uh, the Detroit Tigers and Nomar Mazzara are coming to town. Uh, it'll be Tuesday. There's an off day Monday uh, and then Tuesday, April 27th, 7, 10 p.m. Central Time start on NBC Sports Chicago, White Sox Tigers. Uh, the Tigers dropped three versus Kansas City over the weekend, but they do have that weird finale Monday. Um, so that'll be their getaway day. They play an afternoon game tomorrow. So uh, maybe I'll scout them out a little bit, watch on the MLB TV. Uh, but other than that, you know, the Tigers are, you know, uh, they're, they're at the bottom of the barrel here uh, when it comes to divisional talk. And they're uh, in the early, think about White Sox 2017, 2018. This is kind of where the Tigers are right now, Tony. Yeah, these are these are games that you have to win. And, and this comes at a great time in a winning streak when you're facing a team like this to just continue this. And for the White Sox, um, you know, playing at home, you've got that home cooking. Uh, this is this is a very winnable series. Tuesday, it's going to be 80 degrees in Chicago. It's going to be great. The, this should be a breakout game for Jose Abreu. Uh, when we talk about guys that like hitting in warm weather, uh, Jose Abreu comes to mind right away. Like this, this should be an offensive explosion. I know what that means. We're going to have a one-run ball game. It's going to be tied <laughs> into the sixth. It's going to be 0-0. We all know how this plays out. Beautiful weather. Bats should wake up. It's going to be a pitcher's duel. Yeah, and that's the funny thing about this. And we got Giolito on the mound, so I can see it from that aspect. But we do not know, as of right now, according to MLB.com, do not know who the Tigers' starter will be, the old uh, TBD. I think TBD is undefeated. So TBD um, we'll is see. absolutely undefeated. <laughs> I, was talking to, I was talking to my wife the other day, and she was like, man, like TBD, like is he on every single team? I'm like, yes, he is. TBD. Man, TBD and cash considerations. Two <laughs> yeah. of the greatest fucking baseball players of all time. Yeah, yeah I got to gotta, gotta love that uh, fa- fantasy baseball hero. So um, we gotta, I got to love the old TBD. That's what we'll get from the Tigers. So we'll find out more, I would hope, uh, after their series finale with the Kansas City Royals tomorrow. So um, once again, Lucas Giolito with that sort of cut on his finger bump from today going to Tuesday. Uh, I think this will affect him at all. You know what? I don't know, Johnny. And then one thing that I want to go back to, this is maybe some tinfoil hat time, is that, uh, you know, you get the afternoon start. Lucas Giolito tweets out, you know, not a morning person goes get shelled in fucking Boston. Has anybody seen his finger? Are we sure that this wasn't just Tony La Russa playing 4D chess with everybody and going to Michael Kopech <laughs> knowing that Lucas Giolito can't pitch during the day? I got my alternate theory, and that is that that bottle of no-hitter whiskey that he got he, he felt so bad about the uh, start on Monday morning in Boston that he just needed to drown the sorrow. So then when he was doing that, he opened it too aggressively and cut the finger. That's my theory. I love it. Tinfoil hat time. We're breaking out tinfoil hat time on Sunday, fun day. I think that's that's absolutely phenomenal. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I could see that. I could see that. His last start was just not great, Bob. I mean, this was the worst we've seen of Luis Gilito. And I want to, I want to give myself some credit, Johnny. I want to give myself some credit right here, right now. I did not get in Jordan Lozowski's replies after that last card. So I want to give myself just a little bit of credit. I didn't even get a pat on the back from Jordan, but Jesus, man, like I'm, I'm growing up just a little bit. Here. You're showing some restraint. So that's good. Uh, that's good in your fandom and your friendship. So I'd uh, love to see that from you, Tony. Um, I, I'm not too concerned about the last outing. That's just one that you flushed. That was a, that was a shit fucking end of the series. Like, you know, they, they got on him early. They were all over him. Detroit Tigers are not the Boston Red Sox. Let's remember that the Red Sox are off to a hot start and they have a decent lineup. They have some mashers in that lineup. So, um, and they were able to string together a bunch of hits and sometimes it just don't go your way. I'm just more concerned. I don't know. I haven't seen the finger. So that's why we're kind of, that's where tinfoil hat time comes from. I just, that's the thing that I would think would affect them if anything. So 
and this was this was not pre-planned. I want to let all the listeners know that tinfoil hat time just came out of nowhere there. That was great. I love that, Johnny. Uh, we're we're rolling right now. We're on a win streak right here at Sox on Tap. Yeah, no, we are. We are. Uh, a few more since we're on Sunday Funday, man. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, some just funny notes from today's game. Steve Stone with, with an absolute savage line here. He says, this is in the second inning, bottom of the second inning, when, when the White Sox are going to already scored in the first and screened together some runs, getting some scoring chances here. Steve Stone says, Arihara doesn't have good stuff today at all, but at least he's making up for it by working very slowly. That is the perfect, like, sarcastic, like, comment that, you know, they have to fill time when yep. guys are working slow like that. So I love that he, like, kind of tied that all together. I just thought it was hilarious. I got a good laugh. I don't know about you. I want to comment on that just from a different perspective, Johnny. Do you remember the White Sox stigma around facing pitchers for the first time that they've never seen? We used to have such a problem with yeah. that. The way they came out today in the ball game and just, you know, faced first time pitching uh, like that has been a problem for them for what feels like forever. And to be able to put up an offensive showing like that today, we're changing a lot of those those that's so White Sox stigmas as we go. Um, and that's something that I really like seeing. So besides the the funny comment, um, that was that was really cool to see. Like we're changing some of those those trends, those different like. Things I the next one that I want to see happen is like a West Coast fucking win streak. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be big. Uh, this, you know, we obviously did not have a, a good go of it um, in, in Los Angeles to open the season, and then Seattle. Uh, you would have liked to sweep that against the Mariners team, but they're another team too that's kind of like randomly like hot early on. I don't think that's sustainable, but either way, they they you know White Sox should have swept that series. Let's be honest. We were thinking back of that game, so yeah, we do need to break that West Coast swing. But I do like what you mentioned about uh, the seeing a pitcher for the first time, that kind of stuff, um, because like you said, just kind of a stigma. And I, I don't have the stats to go and back it up, but it just felt like it you know no i mean it was something that hawk harrelson even talked about for a long time it just feels like my entire life like there's always been this thing uh, the Sox are facing a pitcher for the first time like and and as a sports better you would normally want to go and like follow those types of trends like ah it's the first time they're seeing this guy or it's his first time up they're they're going to be cold I'm, i'm not even talking about like past White Sox teams in the in the 90s or you know early 2000s or anything this creeped up into like Jose Abreu's time with the White Sox this has always been a problem for them and again don't have the stats to back it up at the top of my screen right here but uh you're you're correct man it's it's good to see those trends kind of change as the team grows and becomes a force in the American League yeah, absolutely, Tony. So um, uh, last little thing that I have here is predictions. I kind of want to get some predictions that we got to do stick to click for this upcoming uh, Tigers, the Tuesday game. But overall series, I think I would be OK with two of three, but you really want the sweep and continue this momentum. So uh, what, what do you think? I, I think they will sweep this thing. I think that this is a very sweepable series, Johnny. The Detroit Tigers come into town. Uh, you just beat, you, you just swept the Texas Rangers. The the White Sox are riding an all time high. You've seen them win games with the offense. You've seen them win games with the pitching. You've seen just the almost the complete package of a winning baseball team here over the last series. Um, no reason that you shouldn't beat the Detroit Tigers three games in a row here and continue this thing on. Uh, I liked what you said earlier. We're building that little, uh, you know, wall up against that 500. We're, we're creating some separation uh, from that, that what seemed like an insurmountable, uh, you know, threshold for this team. Uh, I'd like to see them get five, six, seven games above 500 yeah. as we enter May. I think that like, you know, we, we've talked about it. You can't win the division in April 
but you can certainly lose it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hovering around 500 and not, you know, coming out there and making a statement, you know, the Minnesota Twins, I guess, would be the, you know, prime candidate to unseat the White Sox as like that, the favorite, or maybe the Minnesota Twins are still the favorite. If you look nationally, we should get uh, like Justin Havens or somebody back on here to talk about, you know, national White Sox perspective. Uh, But really, Johnny, like, let's set ourselves up in the best position to go into May with the biggest, you know, biggest amount of wins that we can have mm. above 500 that's that's the key here yeah so you use the stretch of playing inferior opponents that's just what they are and the yes. rangers and the tigers and use it as a springboard your, your trampoline that you jump and you don't look queue up boston's don't look back right now like that that's what i want to do don't I look back it. on 500 you know i love it if we were at the bar johnny that would be on the touch tunes right now because i know dj johnny nani would have that on yeah, absolutely. So um, that's about all I got uh, from that the kind of overall series. But let's get uh, stick to click, or excuse me, pick to click here. I'm um, still in hockey mode a little bit. Uh, still, pick, pick, still in hockey mode. Pick, pick, pick to click for Tuesday. Pick to click for Tuesday, man. Like I, I want to go with Nick Magical because he's he's got the hot Stop. bat. He's got the hot bat. I don't think I've ever picked Nick Magical before. Maybe you go back and and pull the tapes, but. Um, will he's he not- will will he hit a home run at some point here? Can we get the wind behind him? Ooh, yeah. To the, I, we, we'd have to get the weather guy on here uh, closer to those times and get get the full wind report if we can get uh, Nikki Sticks. He, he needs all, he needs all the help he can get, but like it's, he's he's I, he's roping the ball right now. Yeah. He's hitting gaps. He's finding gaps. If there's a chance, I wanted to see it at Fenway. I thought mm-hmm. that that would have been a spot for him if he right hit, field like, a, yeah. down the right field line, maybe three hundred. You know that can get out, but. I don't know if he hits the home run, but he's going to continue to be a catalyst in this offense as long as he's hot. Uh, I, Johnny, just like you, I think, have been really hard on Nick Madrigal. And I, you know, I love when it, players prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think you do too. And I want to see him continue to succeed. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go ride Nick Madrigal because he's, I like it. he's been an impact guy. Yeah, I like it. He's he's hot. He's hot. You got you got to love a guy. You know, ride ride the hot hand, ride the hot stick, whatever you know, whatever whatever it is. However the cliche goes, whatever you want to say, uh, that, that's what Nick Madrigal is right now. Um, don't know if we'll get the homer, but either way, I could see a multi hit performance. Another guy I'm looking for a multi hit performance from today. It's like funny to like say that you know it seems like a quiet day for Tim Anderson, even though he still had uh you know one hit, uh, scored a run, uh, an RBI, walked once too. Uh, I want to see multi hit game. I think it's very attainable against the Tigers for Tim Anderson. Straw that serves a drink. I love it, Johnny. And that's that's one thing you hinted on just there. Uh, I don't think you went fully into it, but like that's the coolest part about watching this team right now. Think back to all the teams that you've watched over the last five years. And like a two hit day for somebody would be like, man, we'd be talking on this post game show about like, oh, man, they showed up today. There's two hit performances that are going to get overlooked by other players who've just had better games than that. And that that just speaks volumes to me again about how talented this team is. It's like having two leadoff guys with those guys, um, you know, because Nick Madrigal, when Tim was out, we we did see him uh, moved up there a little bit. But having him at the bottom there, uh, it's just such a nice flip over to the lineup. And, you know, wherever you want to yep. place him, it's still so it's always good to have a consistent hitter there. And then obviously Tim Anderson does what Tim Anderson does uh, up at the top. So great one two punch there uh, with those two gentlemen that we just discussed as our picks to click for uh, Tuesday evening. So um, plans for this uh, week. Uh, I will be out at the ballpark Wednesday night. So if you're around, um, you know. Say hi. Uh, I'll be there. So probably up in 500 level down to the third baseline. Um, but, you know, that's uh, just the plan for this week. Uh, you, you plan on getting out at all? 
You know, TBD, Johnny, my favorite player. Uh, we'll we'll <laughs> see what happens, but uh, you know, might might try and make uh, one more game before the uh, Sox leave town. Don't know if it's going to be the Tiger series or uh, something uh, towards the weekend. We'll see what happens, but uh, hopefully, uh, try and get back out to the ballpark maybe one more time before. Uh, before they uh, ship on off. Yeah, for sure. I, I always like to try and catch it, you know, when they're going to be going on a road trip then after that uh, to close out the nine-game home stand. I'd like to get to that Sunday game a week from today uh, against Cleveland Indians. But we'll see. Don't have those locked in yet, but uh, we shall see how the week plays out. Wednesday night, though, uh, we'll be there. So, hopefully so Sunday Sunday games, Johnny, man. Like, I just missed the tailgate scene mm-hmm. in, in yeah. Lobby because I feel like we've grilled some great burgers. We have. Uh, and brats and, and whatnot on Sundays at the ballpark before the uh, – uh, the Sox take off. I can't wait to get back to that with you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we- weather should be trending up and up. So like you mentioned, 80 degrees on Tuesday. So that's, that's going to be nice. Uh, kind of like, you know, first taste of summer uh, a little bit. So always nice uh, synonymous with baseball. So uh, that's about all I got. Uh, final thoughts. Then we can wrap this thing up. Final thoughts, man. Wind streaks are cool and tough. We talk about this over and over again. Uh, let's, let's continue that ride. Let's continue the, the winning streak, Johnny. Uh, find ways to win ball games. Continue to do what you're doing, and uh, I think everything's going to be all right. This is the uh, start of a very fun summer on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, most definitely. I'll just go to a line that I mentioned earlier. Don't look back, baby. We got that three-game cushion now, over 500. Let's keep hammering that thing home. Uh, keep getting that uh, you know kind of differential widened. So uh, keep staying above and keep beating these teams that you need to beat. Uh, always important. So it's all about all I've got here. Uh, once again, Sox on Tap is presented by OnTap Sportsnet. So go to OnTapSportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us on Twitter at Sox on Tap and at OnTap Sportsnet. Uh, go shop at Grandstand for all. All your White Sox needs located right by the ballpark. Shop online at grandstandsocks.com and follow them on social media at Grandstand Sox. So, Tony, I only got three words left. White Sox forever. White Sox forever, Johnny.